Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, good morning. It is good to see you guys. How many of y'all are loving this cold front? Yes. I see some of y'all broke out the ski jackets and, you know, it's great. You know, um, it is good to see you guys and I hope you're having a great weekend. I want to take a moment and welcome those of you that are guests today. It's a huge honor to have you here. Let's give them a hand, just a welcome today. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. And if you'll take a moment, there should be a connection card right in front of you and fill that out and Uh, drop it off at the information center on your way out and uh, they'll give you some gift cards to a great restaurant here in town and just a small way for us to let you know we appreciate you being here today. Well, I want to jump right into uh, what I I believe that that God has given me to share today. We're starting a brand new series and uh, I'm excited about this. We're talking about the vision of the church and really uh, having a heart for this house and a heart for God's house. And so uh, over the next few weeks, man, I hope that you will make it a point to be here. Uh, Whether you're brand new or you've been around here a long time, this is going to be some important weeks for us to just really get back to the basics in our faith and back to our basics here as a church. I want to begin today, and if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles and go to Psalms 92. Psalms 92 is where we're going to be reading in just a few moments. But I want to begin today by asking you, a couple questions, and I'd love for you to participate today. Maybe you're not comfortable raising your hands in church, um, but I hope that you'll do that. And what I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that are going to be a really personal questions, and again, some of you may not be comfortable doing that. I promise you nobody's going to look at you weird if you raise your hand, but these are personal questions today that I want you to be honest today and answer this question today. The first question is, how many of you love ice cream? Man, a lot of ice cream people. I, like, I'm not talking about you like it and you'll take it, but you are like, I ha- like you go eat Mexican food, you're going to go get ice cream, right? See, some of y'all thought I was going to go spiritual, and I did. Because ice cream is spiritual. Second Hesitations chapter 4 verse 17 <laughs> says that we ought to love and get to eat ice cream. Like, let me ask you another personal question. Uh, how many of you love filet mignon? Like a good steak, medium rare. Yes. Don't raise your hand if you like, like it well done. Because you might as well just eat a shoe. You, you messed it up. I'm sorry, but you messed it up if you get this well-done stuff. What about college football? Forget the NFL, right? College football. Man, we got a lot of fans. This weekend's been a big, big, big weekend for college football. We love college football. I mean, what about, man, how many of you love the beach? Like, even if your in-laws invite you, you love the beach. You're going to go. Like, you know, it's crazy. We don't think it's weird to raise our hand to say, man, I love ice cream. I love filet mignon. We don't think it's weird to say, 
man, I love college football, and I'm looking forward to college football. And you're like, some of you have been preparing for this season. You're like, man, I'm looking forward to it. But if you were to walk out of here and tell people like that you run into that you say, I love my church, a lot of people would probably look at you a little weird. Like you're some fanatic. Like you're kind of like, what? Like I can understand you love ice cream or you love football, but you love church? What? The reason why they think it's weird is they don't love their church. And I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, and, and I, I may get a little excited today. Last night, I, I, I was kind of spitting a little bit, kind of almost jumped off the stage. But anyways, um, I love this church. That was a great place for y'all to clap. Come on, y'all. <laughs> y'all better wake up. You know, y'all start clapping and get excited. We'll be out of here in five minutes. I get so excited. Some of y'all ready to go. You're ready to go eat, you know. But I love this place. I love it. I don't love it just because I'm the pastor here. Listen, I grew up not loving church. As a kid, my mom and dad made me go to church. I didn't have a choice. I I was made to go to church. I didn't love it. My mom would ask me after church, did you love it? Like, I I wanted to say no, but like, yes, ma'am, I loved it. (laughs) I didn't love it, and I've been a part of churches that I didn't love, and I'm just telling you, I love this place. There's something special here. There's something special at Creekwood that I love, but I I, I think about this in, in the scripture in Psalms 92 verse 12. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar from Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. It says there, he's talking about your life, you're going to flourish. You're going to grow when you plant yourself in the house of God. When you get planted in the house of God, and and I'm talking about, you get planted. You get committed. Do you know that, that I think that we live in a world and a culture today that few people want to commit to things? We're kind of commitment phobic. A lot of us, we, we don't want to commit to anything. And even when it comes to church, the reason why we don't love church is we're not committed to it. It's just a part of our weekend. It's just a part of our schedule that we just kind of go through and, man, you got to go, man, we got to go to church real quick and let's go do this because we got a lot of stuff. We got to hurry up and get home so we can watch some football. And I love football. I love to watch TV. I love all those things. But listen to me, you will never love church as long as church is just a place that you go. As long as this is a place that We say that, you know what, we go to church, we will never love it. The moment that we get to a place that we say, I don't want to just go to church, I want to be the church. I want to be the church. It takes it to a whole nother level. See, there's something unique that's happening, and, and 
the DFW area is really rare in, by this is that, do you know that within minutes of, of this air, in this whole area, there are some of the greatest churches in the nation. Some of the greatest preachers, best speakers, like my favorite all-time speaker is T.D. Jakes. I love to, to, to watch T.D. Jakes, to listen to him. I mean, I, I'm like, I want to have church when I listen to him. And you know what, what's so easy when you live in the Metroplex is to play the, 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 the um, rotating through the Metroplex church game. That I'm just kind of rotate around and I'm going to kind of go over here and I'm going to kind of go over there. And what, what, what's happened is we created a culture in churches that are full of, they're not people that love their church, that are committed to their church. They're people that go to church and they become church evaluators. Aren't y'all glad y'all showed up today? You're like, you're like pastors beating us up. We've become church evaluators. So we just kind of sit on our butt and we judge and we evaluate our services. And I'm just going to tell you right out front, you're not going to find the perfect church. Because the moment you show up, it's not going to be perfect anymore. But I'm serious, this, this is what happens as we start to look as the church is supposed to be some place that is supposed to be about perfection. And we come and we evaluate the worship like it's a concert. We evaluate the musicians. like, And we got some incredible musicians. We do. We got an incredible worship pastor. I, I, I love Pastor Keith's heart. He is a man of God. But listen to me, he's not up here trying to give us a concert. Listen, I know I can get lucky once in a while and be funny. And y'all laugh a little bit or whatever. And once in a while, I may speak a good message. But listen to me, I'm not a perfect pastor. And if you are, listen to me, you will never love church as long as this is about evaluating the church. We won't love it. You'll always find something. Do you know that the church is the messiest place on the planet? I mean, how many sinners are here today? Everybody ought to raise your hand. We're all sinners. And listen to me. I I know it's easy to show up. You're kind of new and you're like, oh, man, this is a perfect church. I love it. And you're here about a a week and you're like, man, this is full of sinners. And I promise you, as your pastor, I will disappoint you. I've made plenty of boo-boos. That was my wife. Okay, okay. She's like, I don't need an amen right there, okay? So, but what happens, though, is I, it's, it's as weird as me saying I play on the NFL. In the NFL, not on the NFL. You tell I know a lot about football. I, I play in the NFL, and you'd say, well, that's great. What team do you play for? Well, I don't really play for a team, but I play in the NFL. How weird would that be? No, listen to me. I play in the NFL, y'all. Y'all need to believe me. And you're like, yeah, right. Well, what team? If you play in the NFL, you ought to be a part of a team. And as a Christ follower, listen to me. 
I think there are a lot of people, and listen to me, there are a lot of people that are homeless, and I think it's a, just a, a very, like if you ever talk to somebody that's homeless, it's, it's horrible. But I think that just as bad as being physically, like not having a home, I think there's people that are spiritually homeless. That you don't have a place that you call home. And listen to me, I I am am calling us to a place of saying that, look, if this is going to be the place that we love, and we're coming on in just a few weeks, we're going to be celebrating 13 years. Can you believe this church is almost a teenager? We are almost a teenager. Watch out for the teenage years. <laughs> but you know that, that as we go into the future, I believe that more than ever that this is going to require us to commit ourselves to what Jesus intended originally for the church. You know, the, the Bible says, and, and Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. This is what Jesus says. I tell you the truth. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You know what he's saying here? Jesus said, I'm going to build this church. I'm not just going to build it. I'm going to back it up. This is supposed to be a powerful movement, not just a place that we go to. What makes this a powerful place, a place that we love, is, that, is again, that we get back to a place that we understand what this is all about. Do you know that the church is the only institution, institution that Jesus built? Jesus believes in this place. And listen to me. A church is not a building. You won't love it if you make this about a building. And one of the things, and I, I want to just, if you want to write this down today, that, that I think that if you're going to have a heart for God's house, if you're going to love this place, I think one of the most, one of the, the, the core values, the core things that, that has got to be at the center of this place is that we've got to keep Jesus at the center of everything that happens here. We've got to keep Jesus at the center. This has got to be about what Jesus does and what he, he, how he works. Listen, our secret sauce at Creekwood is what Jesus does in people's lives. It's not that we're slick. It's not that we got it all together. It's that, you know what? I know it makes you nervous sometimes when you bring a friend and they show up here and you're like, I don't know what kind of joke Pastor Stephen is going to tell. I don't know. He's probably not going to be that funny today or whatever. And listen, that's our secret sauce here is what we love here is, is that Jesus Christ is changing people's lives. And I want to just say this to you that, 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 listen, if you find yourself in a spiritual rut and you're kind of struggling spiritually, man, just start, go start reading about Jesus. Just go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and start reading about Jesus and you'll see that everybody that came in contact with Jesus, their life was changed. Jesus is, is in the life-changing business. People like leper, people that had leprosy, and I, don't, I know we don't have leprosy here as much as, as, as in the days in the past, but leprosy was like people that had AIDS 
just a few years ago where we didn't really understand it. And these people were outcasts. And you know, when they came in contact with Jesus, Jesus just didn't heal them. Jesus restored their life. You see this over and over. People that were blind, they, they come in contact with Jesus and something happens. So we got to keep Jesus at the center of this place that this has got to be continually about, you know what, we are gonna, this is going to be all about what Jesus is doing in our lives. Number one, if you want to write this down today, if you're taking notes, Jesus promises to change our eternity. You know, 10 years ago, you probably didn't need to say this very much in America, but I think that you have to make this clear because we become a product of our culture. And we've gotten to a place that we have been so affected by our culture and this moral relativism and gotten to a place that we don't want to offend anybody. And everything is just about the the message of Christ has kind of gotten blurred and we don't want to offend anybody. And I, I want to be clear today. Listen, you can be the nicest person on the planet. You can be a great guy, great dad, great husband. You can be a wonderful mother. You can be a wonderful wife. You could go donate to the Salvation Army. You could go volunteer at at Habitat. You could do all those things and serve. But listen to me, outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity in hell. And I know that's not politically correct to say it, but we need to remind ourselves of that fact. That our neighbors, our coworkers, the people that you coach little league teams with, that if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they face an eternity in hell. Jesus changes our eternity. You know, John chapter 14, verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now listen to me. I want to be clear today. I'm not trying to scare the hell out of anybody. I know some of y'all did. Pastor, just say that word I did. I'm not trying to scare the hell out of you. We tried that in the 70s and 80s. Y'all remember in the youth group when you were in? Every time you went to youth group, they'd show some movie that, that would like scare the hell out of you. You got saved. You would like go home and like if your mom and dad weren't home and they were supposed to be home because you saw the rapture movies, like, I, man, I would walk in and I would like, man, the TV's running. Mom and dad aren't here. I got left. Oh, no. <laughs> we were trying to play music backwards to try to find out all the messages of the devil. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Like, who's got time for that? <laughs> Listen, I didn't get to cuss a lot as a kid in church. I mean, when I was a kid, my mom and dad always washed my mouth out with soap if I said any kind of cuss word. So if I get to use that word once in a while in like a sermon, it's awesome. <laughs> like, like to get to say, I'm not here to scare the hell out of you. Like I feel good. <laughs> I know some of y'all throw those words around just like that, but I got in trouble as a kid. I can say that. But listen to me, I... That's never worked. Us screaming and yelling at the world that they're going to go to hell. It's not worked. Listen, the the message of Jesus Christ is about hope. It's about grace. It's about mercy. And you you know one of the reasons why people are leaving the church so much? 
that they don't love the church like they ought to love the church is that they really don't understand the forgiveness of God. And man, we ought to be the people that ought to show the forgiveness of God. We ought to be the kind of people that, that we don't get cocky and proud and, and religious, spiritually religious to a place that we, we are like, man, I look good. And we forget about what God has done in our life. You be honest enough, when you are honest enough to say, you know what, man, I was a broke down, lost soul. My world was so dark, and the moment I met Jesus Christ, man, and he, and he forgave me of my sins. To understand the fact that I have the promise of living in eternity with God is, is a powerful thing. But what happens is most of us, this is where we stop. Where we stop is, yeah, we understand that God saves us for eternity. And we're just kind of holding on, waiting around for that day. But do you know that, that number two, Jesus wants to change our lives right now? Jesus wants to change our life right now. And a lot of us, I think that we forget this, this, this powerful principle and we start to kind of think that, that salvation and what Jesus Christ does in our life is kind of like a get out of hell free card. Or it's like this eternal fire insurance. And, and listen to me, it may shock you to understand this, but do you know that Jesus talked more about what he wants to do in your life now than he did about what he, he's going to do in eternity? There ought to be a life change. There ought to be some growth in your life. There ought to be something different in your life. See, I, I think this, again, there's lots of reasons why we don't have a heart for the church and we don't love it. I think that a lot of us, when you start talking about changing and there being growth in your life, some of us, man, we've been around for a long time and we can't tell you the last time something major changed in our life. And I think what happens is a lot of us, and I don't, I don't want you to get, get offended maybe a little bit, but um, don't get too offended when I say this, but I think that a lot of us come to church and we're looking more for attention than we are for spiritual growth in our life. The reason why we move and hop from church to church and we're, we're kind of dating the church is we want the attention of the pastor, we want the attention of other people, and as long as people, if people don't pay me attention, then I'm moving on to some other church. I'm going to go find me a smaller church where everybody can pay attention to me. God, help us. Listen, God did not save your soul for us just to make church about us. God saved us for us to begin to transform and to be changed and to begin to grow up spiritually in him to become all that he created us. Do you know that God has a purpose for your life? And that God is never intended for this to be about just a place that you go to and you're just kind of like, man, I'm hanging out here, but I'm not changing. This is why you hear us talk a lot about our discovery classes. And in fact, let me just say this. Next weekend on, on Sunday night at 5 o'clock, we have an essentials class. What's an essentials class? We talk about just the basics of, of your faith and how, what it means to grow in your faith. And I, I want to, man, if you've not attended this class or maybe you've attended it a long time ago and you're like, you know what, man, I'm just getting a little rusty and I have this deep desire in my soul to just... I want to grow. I want to change. You need to be at this essentials class. 
there's a really pretty girl that teaches in that class. It's my wife. <laughs> but I, you, you need to sign up. We've got child care. Everything is taken care of. We provide dinner. But this is, this is about Jesus Christ changing your life. We want to see you grow. We want to see you become all that God has, has created for you to, to be. You know, John 15 verse 4 says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me, I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. So as we connect to Jesus Christ, see, listen to me. If you make your growth about the church and not about Jesus Christ working in your life, it's, it's not going to have the same power. The true power of transformation where you start to bear fruit in your life, that there actually is some change going on. It's, it's a powerful thing when you get connected and you start, man, seeing fruit come out of your life. See, I, I just think that, again, we, we, when we step back, we've made church about a lot of stuff, and we've kind of forgotten that this is about Jesus Christ working in our life and changing us. Again, I, I think that a lot of us, man, we've made church about preferences. The reason why we don't love church is because other people don't like what we like, and you're looking for the people that we're going to like what you like. Like, you like certain kind of ice cream. You have a preference for a certain kind of ice cream. My wife loves, she's like religious about Baskin-Robbins. I don't like Baskin-Robbins. So I just kind of drop her off up there, kind of go. <laughs> I know I, I go, you know, where the Christians eat, you know, Brahms. Can I hear a witness? Brahms, Brahms, Brahms. Come on, y'all don't like Brahms. Y'all getting a little uppity, all right? Y'all want that old fancy ice cream stuff. But we make church about preferences. We go to church and we're wanting it to be about us and, and what we like, what we don't like. And hey, listen, for, you need to move beyond that. I, I say this a lot. And we, you know, this church is a Baskin Robbins, of, of a group of people from all different backgrounds. People from all different, every, people from all over. And there's different ages here. And, and I, I love when I see, you know, we got people that are 80, 80 years old at our church. I love that. They're here and it's dark and the music's kind of rocking and they're going, oh man, I wish we'd play the Gaithers. <laughs> but you know what I love about it? When I see 70 and 80 year olds committing to this, this cause is they understand the heart behind what we're doing here is that we believe in reaching this next generation that we're going to reach this next generation, that this has never been about preferences. Listen, you listen to a lot of my music that I, I, I love to listen to, Southern gospel, choir music. I know y'all are shocked. I like that. I like country too, but anyways. It's not supposed to be about preferences. Get to a place that you start getting back to the purity of this is God's house and this is Jesus Christ saving the lost from going to hell, 
We're sinners. This world is, is full of sinners. God wants to save our life. And this is about Jesus Christ transforming my life. Do you know when, when that is at the core of my faith, I can be anywhere and love it. And I, I just want to challenge you and encourage you today that when you start to look at your spiritual faith and your growth and, and understand, see, here at Creekwood, and you've heard me say this so much, and, and I, I need to say it again, is that we are passionate about leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We, we don't want you just to be a follower. We want you to be fully devoted, to grow, to, to begin to find your purpose and your plan of what God has for your life. You know, I've, I've asked Shelby to come, and she's going to come up on stage, and she's going to lead us in a song that I want it to be a declaration for, from our church. That as we sing this song with her today, and I, I pray that this is, is something that, that in your heart, when you think about your faith and you think about which maybe you have kind of fallen into making church about, Maybe church has become a place that, listen, I, I'm, I'm not making light. I, there, are, there are people here that you've been hurt by the church. We, gotta, we have a lot of people that show up, man, they, they are broken. Because churches have hurt them, people have hurt them, and man, they're just, they're out on church. And I, I just pray that healing would come into your life today as you start to think about what this is about. And I pray that a fire in your soul would once again rise up. That you would remind yourself that this is about the power of Jesus Christ working in people's lives. What I love about this place is I look around at your faces. I see so many of you that you showed up and your marriages were blowing up. I see some of you that were, as dads, you, you felt like, man, you totally messed up. And Jesus Christ, it's been Jesus Christ that has worked in your life. It's Jesus Christ that has saved you, that has set you free from addictions. It's Jesus Christ. People ask me, how big is Creekwood going to get? Listen to me, as long as there are lost people around us, we are going to fight to reach those people. I, I want to, before we sing this song, I, I want to read this scripture to you. I probably have not, there's probably not another scripture in the Bible that I have preached more here at Creekwood than this scripture. And it's found in Mark chapter 2. And it's about the, the four guys that, that, heard that Jesus was in the house. These four guys that walked by this paralyzed friend that was laying on a mat, they heard that Jesus was in the house. And they were like, if we can just get our friend in the presence of Jesus, Jesus can do something in his life. And I want you to listen to this. It says, when Jesus returned from Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. You know, when I, 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 I see that scripture, it's just so encouraging that you know, people showed up, not because it was a fancy house, not because it was really nice and it was all 
put together. They showed up because they wanted to experience Jesus. You know, this has always been a, just re, refreshing to me as a pastor that I don't have to be perfect. That I don't have to have it all together. That this, the reason people show up, it's not because of me or Pastor Keith or any of our pastors. It's not because of this building or the location. It's because Jesus is in this house. And he's working. And it says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. This man was healed. Why? Because a group of people decided, you know what? We're going to be about grabbing the corner of these mat. We're going to get this friend of ours in the presence of Jesus. And as long as I'm the pastor here at this church, I pray that God helps us to be the kind of church that will be willing to grab the corner of the mat for the broken down people that are all around us, that we will say, you know what, man, I love, I love this church. I love what God is doing because Jesus Christ is working in people's lives. Let's sing this song today and let's make this a declaration from our heart. If you want to close your eyes, you can do so and just make this an intimate moment between you and God to declare, Jesus, I want to keep this at the center of my life. Jesus, you're 
course again and I want us to change it up and I want us to sing Jesus be the center of your church and let's just kind of make that a prayer a declaration this morning as we sing that out Jesus be the center of your church shall we sing it with us Jesus be the center of your church Jesus be the center of your church and every and every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus. Jesus be, Jesus be the center of your church. Jesus be the center of your church. And every tongue shall confess you, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, nothing else matters, Jesus, you're the center, and everything revolves around you. Father, we're so thankful this morning, God, to be a part of a, of a family, the God that wants you at the center. God, and I pray that, that that would be the desire of our heart, the desire of our life, the thing that we strive for to put you at the center, God. God, that we would be seeking after you. God, that we would be a church that is known as a body that is constantly seeking and running after you and putting you first in everything. God, we love you. God, thank you for what you're doing in our church, God. Continue to change us, everyone, individually. God, to be that person that you've created us to be, God. It's always seeking and running after you. God, we love you. We love being in your presence. We love being changed by you and challenged by you this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.